Welcome to the iAfrican Bytes podcast. My name is Tifo Mohapi. I'm the editor-at-large and CEO at iAfrican Media. I recently facilitated a webinar hosted by the 4IRSA Black Partnerships and Collaborations Group, which is led by Tobisa Mashekwan. The webinar was themed repositioning business for post-COVID-19 phase. We had several guests on the webinar, including South Africa's Minister of Finance, Tito Mboweni, Mr. Billy Silikani, and Mr. Kolani Kubek. Let's hear from South African Finance Minister, Mr. Tito Mboweni, who among many things he touched on, stressed that there will be continuity in other sectors of the economy and discontinuity in other sectors. Mr. Tito Mboweni is the current Minister of Finance of South Africa, as I said. He was also the eighth governor of the South African Reserve Bank and notably the first black South African to hold that position. Let's start with the bad news. Um, I doubt if there is going to be a proper period that we're going to call the post-COVID uh, period. Um, uh, in the same as we can't talk about the post HIV AIDS period. Um, I think that uh, from the conversations I've been having with people, uh, people are fairly uh, clear that we have to learn to live with the virus. Um, it's going to be with us for a long time. Uh, many people are going to get sick and many people are going to die, unfortunately. But what the COVID-19 uh, pandemic has brought to us is to go back to basics. Uh, basic hygiene protocols, um, a new way of interacting um, uh, in society, uh, uh, old ways of behavior will suddenly disappear. When I meet you, I can't rush and hug you and kiss and so on. Um, uh, washing of hands, sanitizers. Uh, we might have to live with this uh, face cloths, uh, masks for a long time, and so on. So we somehow were in a kind of a fix. Um, I'm not too religious, but I'm not quite certain whether this is not the way for nature to try and uh, sort out things that we have messed up uh, in this world. So that's the first thing. I think uh, the struggle must be to try and contain the virus, uh, uh, stop its rapid spread, uh, manage our own health protocols, and, and life goes on. It's going to be quite a different world in that sense. Um, that's the first thing. Secondly, um, I think that um, uh, I've got bad news for you because I think we are going to experience... Uh, what one can call a continuity and discontinuity um, in business and in the economy. What do I mean by continuity? To summarize it, it means that South African breweries will continue to produce beer, right? Um, um, uh, Consol will probably continue to produce glass. Uh, Nampeg will probably continue to produce beverage cans and other cans. Um, so the and the Sasol hopefully will continue doing whatever they do. So uh, companies will still be there, operating, produce what they used to produce. They may add one or two 
new product lines, but they will still be there producing. Uh, ZZ2 next to me here will still produce tomatoes and avocados and still transport those uh, to the market as they used to do. So there will be a, a kind of a continuity. And bearing in mind some of the workplace changes and arrangements which might need to be made, but there's a continuity of business. On the other hand, I'm saying that there's going to be discontinuity. So it's a continuity and a discontinuity. What will be the discontinuity? The discontinuity will arise because many companies are going to fold. Uh, many companies are going to be fold. I think many people are going to be unemployed. Uh, therefore, from the ashes of the companies which would have folded, uh, new companies will arise, uh, probably with totally new arrangements. Uh, we might see, for example, um, a, a much bigger presence of the state in the economy more than was the case before. Uh, as companies fold and many workers are going to be laid off, uh, the government might be forced to have to resuscitate some of those industries. And, and many people are going to lose money and capital is going to be destroyed. So, And a new way of doing things will have to come about. So, for example, instead of a kind of legislated black economic empowerment system, I think a new organic um, um, creation of non-racial South African businesses is going, to, is going to emerge out of the need that is there. I come now to the third point. I think that uh, we should uh, be very clear that um, a lot of work will need to be done to get us out of the deep uh, GDP contraction that we're going to experience. I mean, we're projecting something in the region of a contraction of 6.4%, which is quite deep, uh, probably the deepest contraction in GDP that we've seen uh, in the recent past. And for that to come back uh, into, into sort of a V-shaped recovery will, uh, will, will take quite a lot of work on structural reforms and investment in new uh, areas of, uh, of human endeavor. Finally, I think the global economic relations uh, are going to be very different. Um, uh, and indeed, uh, as we speak, the tensions between the U.S. and China are getting worse. Um, the, the U.K.'s economic uh, base is being weakened. Um, uh, and whether we like it or not, China and India might emerge far more stronger than they were before the crisis. So the whole global uh, production centers and trade and investment will change. And finally, let me agree with Dr. Slikan that uh, uh, my observation is that the government has been functioning in South Africa during the lockdown. Uh, most of the civil servants are at home. Um, and it's been functioning. That has been amazing, actually. So it probably means that uh, many companies, including the public sector, will find themselves restructuring the way in which they do work. And most certainly since I'm over 60 and the over 60s are encouraged to stay at home, I might need to work from home uh, for, much, for much longer. So let me just say those few words and then uh, 
I take any questions if there are any, then I can rush to join the president in the other meeting. Thank you very much. Thank you. There's, there's one question here from Tiseto Matotlana. It says, uh, thank you, Minister Mboweni, for sharing your thoughts. Would you not say this new normal subtly gives rise to the need on investing in youth innovation, especially in township businesses? Well, I think the, the situation demands all kinds of innovation, youth innovation, old people innovation, everybody uh, should come into the picture. I mean, uh, there are uh, the new economic possibilities which are coming up. And I think uh, this will become very important. Um, and so I think innovation right across the board uh, should be encouraged. And uh, um, uh, those big businesses which will survive the crisis uh, should interact and uh, join up with the youth and other innovators uh, so that we can innovate. In fact, there's quite a lot of innovation in South Africa that just needs to be harnessed, uh, whether uh, youth or otherwise, that needs to be harnessed. Uh, the, the impact and the uh, growth of uh, uh, digital platforms, um, uh, you know, the digital platforms uh, subsector in the South African economy before COVID was employing well over 200,000 people. Uh, the digital platforms like Uber Eats and all these ones, uh, some of them in the import and, and export businesses, the new ways of doing things were already happening. And I think the, the advent of the COVID is going to force through new ways of doing things, digitally and otherwise, uh, which we're going to see. But I think, the, I think the bad news out of this is that it's very clear uh, that quite a significant number of companies may not be able to survive. Uh, I, I, and I'm very concerned about. Yes, thank you. I think talking of many companies not surviving, there's a question here from Godfrey Kwani, which speaks to that. Says, Minister, you spoke about jobs that are going to be lost. In your previous talk, you mentioned that employees need to prioritize South Africans. Is there a possibility of repurposing our workforce for our people to take up jobs? that were previously frowned upon, e.g., like restaurants, etc. Also, this is a question, sorry to interrupt. There's also a question posed to Mr. Silikani as well. Oh, maybe Mr. Silikani could start. I'll come after him. Mr. Silikani, maybe you should come first. Yes. Well, I think uh, Minister was right in the fact that uh, a lot of industries are not going to show up. And that also means now we need to be agile in our thinking. We need to repurpose our economy. We've, we've been very creative as far as digitization is concerned. If you look at what's happening at the CSIR and at the Innovation Hub, already there's been a, there was a very strong move around innovation. But what I think that government should be doing, we should be using legislation to, to speed up digital transformation in the township environment by holding the big players accountable in dropping down the price of data so that there should be universal access to digital platforms. And that will create new economies. You know, and, and if you look at, I was talking to some young guys in Tembisa, and I'm saying to them, why don't you create an app that allows people to buy Chisanyama online? You know, order online, you guys can then have bicycles for immediate deliveries and motorbikes for far off deliveries. And they were like excited. We said, and we mapped it out. So suddenly people are saying, we're in a digital environment. There has to be a clear match between the physical business and the digital business. And like the minister says, we, the virus is going to stay with us. 
So therefore, our the behavior around how we interact with business has to be completely transformed. And that transformation opens up opportunities. I think we, I think even though we are, we, people are a little bit scared, but I also think great organizations are usually formed out of great adversity. I think there are great opportunities to start new economies, especially creating a merger between digital and actual businesses. Thank you, Minister Mboweni, you wanna jump in there? Yeah, no, no, uh, uh, quite right, quite right. Uh, uh, I will support that uh, uh, path of thinking. I think that uh, um, we are going to find that uh, uh, there is going to be a recalibration yeah. of the political economy of Southern Africa. As you know, and as properly explained by Ntate Yuma Sekela's song, Stimela, uh, the, the, the political economy of Southern Africa is intertwined. For as long as we, we can remember, uh, people from Malawi have always worked and lived in South Africa. People from Lesotho, from Eswatini, from Mozam southern Mozambique, uh, some from Zimbabwe indeed, and so on. So the mining um, uh, industrial complex integrated Southern Africa uh, such that uh, really uh, the economy is, is integrated to a large extent. And... Therefore, the movement of capital and of labor has been the norm in Southern Africa for many years. But there are times when governments are tested to the limit and they are having first to prioritize the citizens. And that time, unfortunately, has come now where I think in those low-hanging fruit uh, um, uh, subsectors, agriculture, uh, tourism uh, and other, you know, mining and types of manufacturing and so on, low-hanging fruits. I think priority should be accorded to South Africans with a deliberate strategy to also open up space for non-South Africans, bearing in mind the intertwined political economy that I've spoken about. Uh, it's very important that... Uh, we strike that, that dynamic balance that prioritizes South Africa but also opens up space for non-South Africans. In any case, we have noticed that uh, throughout the world, the presence of non-citizens in any economy tends to bring a lot of dynamism in the labor market. And so we should be open to uh, encouraging that dynamism in the labor market. I mean, you see the number of... Uh, uh, hair salons in South Africa, which are managed by non-South Africans, is a sign of dynamism in the labor market. But I'm saying there, where there's hotels, restaurants, and so on, let's try and prioritize South Africans without discriminating against the non-South Africans. So you need a balance. Because if you don't have a balance, you can be xenophobic. We don't want that. We want to prioritize South Africans, but at the same time, open up space for, for non-South Africans. And I think if we work it like that, uh, we have the possibility of uh, absorbing quite a larger number of youngsters uh, who are not in school, not in education, and not in training, um, so that they are absorbed into some economic activity. And, uh, you know, open up space, for example, for, you know, the fencing of the highways to avoid the donkeys uh, crossing the <laughs> highways and sleeping on the roads and cattle and so on. Most of the fences which were there historically 
have been removed for one reason or the other. Some vandalism has taken place. So we can bring back those youngsters uh, to work. We can uh, create those fire breaks uh, in the forests and so on to try and manage uh, fire breaks. We can also more dynamically begin to look into uh, the ocean's economy uh, in the new situation that we, we find ourselves. But I end up once again by saying that uh, 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 there is uh, going to be continuities and discontinuities, and we have major challenges ahead, particularly on the youth side. Thank you. Thank you. There is another question here, which says that, uh, Minister, when will you share your reviewed budgets for the country and which industries will be impacted severely? The second part we, we, When will I share the what? Uh, the reviewed budgets for the country and which industries will be impacted severely. Second part to that question is what should be the activities of different industries to assist us to recover from this COVID-19 pandemic? in terms of economic uh, downturn. When exactly will we recover from our junk status is the question. Oh. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's actually three questions, not one. Question. Yes, it's uh, <laughs> quite heavy. Um, first thing is uh, we presented uh, the national budget in February uh, where we outlined uh, uh, the expenditure plans, the revenue plans, and the uh, how to fill in the gap, the revenue expenditure gap, uh, which is a deficit. Um, now, that was before the full-blown COVID-19 situation. That was before the lockdown uh, at level five of the economy, uh, or even now we were at level four. Um, so the, the, the business, economic, and financial situation has changed radically for the worse. Uh, revenue is not coming in understandably because the economy is not functioning. That poses a huge uh, risk to the fiscal framework. Uh, we expect the budget deficit uh, to shoot up uh, way above what was uh, in the budget. Um, we expect uh, pressure on the uh, borrowing markets uh, to fund the deficit. We uh, expect that uh, uh, we'll not be in a position uh, to, to maintain the line that we, we said we'll maintain in February. This puts us in a very terrible situation uh, which no minister of finance wants to find himself or herself in this situation. It means that I have to request Parliament to pass the February budget knowing fully well that it's out of kilter now. But in terms of procedures and legal systems and so on, we have to pass the budget as tabled in February and immediately, hopefully before the end of, the, of June, uh, table a supplementary or adjusted budget, and uh, which will indicate fairly massive rearrangement of expenditure and uh, the need for us to uh, redirect expenditure and uh, find new ways of raising uh, revenue, uh, uh, raising resources 
from international financial institutions, IMF, the World Bank, the BRICS Bank, and others. Um, uh, wherever we can find uh, accommodative interest rates, we'll do that. We're in a situation where the central bank now uh, purchases significant amounts of bonds in the secondary market. We're in a kind of a new situation. So we'll present a new uh, supplementary budget uh, during the course of June or in early July, uh, unfortunately. So that's the situation we find ourselves in. It's a very difficult situation. But uh, uh, that's what, unfortunately, has to be done. Thank you for listening to iAfrican Bytes. Do check out our other podcasts on iAfrican.com forward slash radio. That is iAfrican.com forward slash radio. <laughs>